0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, May 23rd. Over the past decade, the amount of people needing emergency services in the Moab area has doubled. People need medical attention. Everything from an injury in the backcountry to a car accident on the highway and a fall in town. And Grand County EMS prepares for all of it. Their mix of about 40 staff and paid volunteers operate three ambulances here 24-7. And as the need for their emergency medical services grows, so have the needs of the department.
1: My first tour... Um, When I was on the council, when uh, Andy took some of the council members around, was to the bus barn and to his office, which was with his desk right next to the water heater, (laughs) which was really the utility room. Liz
0: Tubbs first took an interest in Grand County EMS back in 2014 as a then-county council member. Now she chairs the EMS board. There, she advocated for many of the improvements to the department over the past decade, including getting the director out of the utility room. For years, EMS worked out of three county facilities, spread out in the downtown area. Admin staff in the old senior center, ambulances in the old bus barn, and sleeping quarters in the old mealage house downtown. Tub says they desperately needed something new, and in one place.
1: The search for a home, and there, there were several attempts. There were a lot of sort of stops and starts, and when it finally came together... It was like, we need to do this. We're standing in the fruit of that missive, a $4.8
0: million facility up 100 north on the hill. Paid for by a combination of grants and loans, construction wrapped up on the building this winter. Now, admin offices, sleeping quarters, kitchen, training spaces, ambulances, it's all here
2: in one place. We have a decon bathroom there in case we need to just hop in the shower. We have scrubs in there ready to go if okay. we... That way we don't have to go upstairs into the living quarters if we're dirty or anything like that. Because we get dirty on these calls. Uh, Backcountry calls will come back with dust all over us.
0: On duty, Captain Brett Sherman guides me through the 12,000 square foot building during a recent open house.
2: So uh, we're in our bays. They're two deep and let's see, four wide um, capacity for eight vehicles. Right now we have five ambulances. We have a backcountry ambulance. We have our two first out. A bit of an older one as I third out, and this is our what we call the transfer Twinkie. This is our Mercedes that we take. It's more gas efficient. It's thin. It looks like a Twinkie, um, but it's fully capable, and we take it on uh, transfers from one hospital to the next.
0: Grand County EMS does a lot of interfacility transports, sometimes caring for patients for hours as they make their way to hospitals in Grand Junction or Salt Lake. Director Andy Smith says emergency medical staff in rural areas are just with patients longer, so they need more skills. Over the last decade, the department has become a paramedic-level service. Here, Smith on This Week in Moab earlier this year.
3: We call it the paramedic paradigm in the nation right now in that the places that can afford to have paramedics are usually cities, and that's where they're least needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably see that in a lot of services. But the reality is uh, the additional medications and the training that they have really lends itself well to the rural areas. Right. And so, you know, any day our crews uh, today were on a vehicle accident in Arches National Park. And then they were on a person who fell mm-hmm. and they needed some help back in and had a little mm-hmm. bit of pain. And i um, here in town and an elderly resident. And so, you know, your day can go from nothing to to crazy in a matter of minutes. Anything from base jumpers to grandma needs some help.
1: I, I just really, you know, I'm just really in awe of what they do. Tabs again. Yeah. She says the new facility is about meeting
0: the basic needs of the department, which she says does so much for the community.
1: In my head, I'm always thinking Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So I look at this, you know, the basic level of that is food, clothing, and shelter. And this is the shelter. The food is the equipment, and the clothing is their salaries. That's how I look at it, you know. They were grossly underpaid, still are. But, you know, we're, we're finally in a place where we're trying to meet the basic needs while these guys go out and do incredible work. Just incredible work.
2: The facility is beautiful, and uh, it's just nice to be all collected in the same place.
0: Sherman has been with Grand County EMS for nearly five years. He knows what it's like to be spread out between three county facilities. So as we pass the new training areas, office spaces, in-house gym equipment... The simple ability to be together is his favorite part of the new building.
2: Prior to this, we were kind of spread out. And now we're all together. We can cook together. We can work out together. We can be ready for a call at a moment's notice and not have to run across the street, you know. we're happy to have it.
0: Celebrating this milestone at an open house, EMS staff is still on call and working. If they have to go out, they no longer have to run across the street. Their in house facility means they could be on an ambulance in a matter of seconds. Find more about Grand County EMS, including the full interview with director Andy Smith from earlier this year, in the show notes of today's news. Bark beetles are common across the western U.S. They're tiny insects that burrow into the bark of pine trees to lay their eggs, often killing the tree in the process. They can also spread across huge areas of woodland. One way to mitigate beetle outbreaks is through prescribed burns. But as Rocky Mountain Community Radio's Lucas Brady Woods reports, the drought conditions fueling their spread aren't so easy to address.
4: On a mild spring day in southwest Colorado, Steve Underwood and his crew are tending to burning piles of pinyon pine.
2: The green needles are burning, but the interior heavy stuff is not burning as well. There's a real art to this to be able to burn it and not have it creep around.
4: Underwood is a forestry and fire management expert. One thing he specializes in is prescribed burns like this one near the San Juan National Forest.
2: These are all pinons that have been infested with uh, Ips beetles. So we cut these down last winter um, and we've piled them and now we're going to burn the piles so that we can get rid of the Ips population on this parcel.
4: The ips beetle, or more specifically, the pinion ips beetle, is an insect that colonizes pinion pines. Even though the bugs are tiny, only about an eighth of an inch long, they can still kill trees. The burrows they carve in a tree's bark can eventually cut off its flow of nutrients. And according to Underwood, ips beetle outbreaks are happening in parts of the region they haven't reached before. Climate change is providing more habitat for the ips beetles, and so they're moving north, they're killing trees. And Underwood's not the only person noticing the drought-induced beetle outbreaks.
3: They are taken away at our forest now that we're um, kind of in this continual drought state.
4: That's Amy Lochner. She's an entomologist with the U.S. Forest Service who specializes in bark beetles like the Ips. She also says that despite the Ips beetles' potentially damaging impact on trees, it's nothing new to the region.
3: It's native, so has been here way longer than any of us have, and it's evolved with the pinyon trees.
4: For example, pinions have developed a defense mechanism against the ips—the resin they produce underneath their bark. When beetles attack a tree...
3: The tree actually um, releases that resin, and it kind of acts like a water hose, and it pushes those beetles out.
4: But the trees need access to enough water to create that resin. So if conditions are too dry, they aren't able to defend themselves. And during widespread drought, when large numbers of trees don't have enough water, beetles spread more easily from tree to tree.
3: So the beetles basically just walk right in, and then um, they talk to each other with pheromones. And that basically says, "Parties here, come on in. So those attracts more beetles.
4: Outbreaks fueled by drought are not unique to ips beetles, though. Drought is one contributing factor in the spread of other bark beetles like the spruce beetle. The spruce beetle is responsible for killing large areas of spruce forest in the Rocky Mountains. According to Lochner, the spruce beetle has spread so widely that it's running out of trees to colonize. But the spread of pinion ips isn't to that point yet. And Lochner says there are ways to help mitigate beetle outbreaks even on the level of individual properties. Miranda Yates is one Southwest Colorado landowner who's taking action. That prescribed burn Steve Underwood was working on earlier, that's her land. Saving the trees that you can, tree health, fire mitigation, things like that. For me, they're the most important thing about being a land steward. Yates started working on conservation and forest rehabilitation on the land as soon as she bought it. But keeping a landscape healthy takes more than just one prescribed burn. It's a long-term, ongoing process. In my mind, it's like, I'm looking at 10 to 15 years. So these are definitely like long-term goals. And then the beetles were a really important
1: one to start with because they can be so devastating.
4: And at the end of the day, Amy Lochner says pinion ips aren't going anywhere. And that's a good thing. When populations are at a healthy level, they serve an important role in the ecosystem.
3: They act as uh, kind of our natural recyclers. Again, in endemic states, They're just attacking, you know, the the weak trees, the old, the dying trees. So they do a really good job of kind of thinning our forests.
4: But for that to happen, drought conditions will need to subside in the region, ideally through better winter snowpack and summer monsoon rains. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Cortez, Colorado.
0: And that's the KZMU News for Monday, May 23rd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7.